Put him on his back. Thurston, right foot kick, down the ground, into the end goal almost. Hodgson cuts it off. Hodgson taken by Norton. He took him late. Marshall skips away. Marshall skips away. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Johnson away. It is Tuesday, the 1st of August, 2023. We're in the August month of the year. Back for another episode of the Tiger Town podcast. I'm Zach Hees. Toby, how are you, Toby? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Um, you know, all things considered, can't really complain. How about yourself? Hey, not too bad. Um, revealed on the show last week that we had a little a little blessing in our lives. A little daughter of mine was born. Um, so we, yeah, as you well know, you know, it's an adjustment process, so going from one to one to two, we're just chipping away. I'm on, I'm on a fair bit of leave at the moment, so we're lucky enough to be able to uh, take our time in that regard. But um, it'd be good if, if that time off and um, the magic of a new family member was coupled with a little bit of victory in the football department. But I guess we can't have everything in life, eh? No, no. Uh, look, uh, nobody... No- Life doesn't give you things with both hands. Um, it gives you one thing and it takes something else away. So, look, uh, we can't all be following a, uh, a great team everywhere we go. You know, I've got a couple of sporting teams that do quite well, so might as well have another one that doesn't. So, Yeah, nah, I don't. All my teams <laughs> are shit. <laughs> Richmond yeah, had a good uh, run for a while, but outside yeah. of that, Cleveland, I've seen Cleveland Cavaliers get a title, but... It's a long time between drinks, especially for the Arizona Cardinals. Let's yeah. not talk about that. Yeah, see, I'm a I'm a Pats and a Celtics fan, so what can you do? What can you do? A couple but of Melbourne Storm-style teams right there. They're always in there or thereabouts. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. I was a Pats fan well and truly before the Belichick era uh, because I... Well and truly. He's yeah. been coaching since the early 2000s, late 90s, I guess. He has. I went for the Pats in 1997 because it's who I picked in Madden. That's not seven. When did he start coaching? Belichick? 1999, I think. So two years Jets. is well before, is it? Yeah, well before. <laughs> I think he was at the Jets. Right, mate. I like. I like your concept of time. I'd hate to see what you think. If two years is well before, I'd hate to see what you think about our 11-year finals grant for the West Tigers. Oh, it's all about context. It's all about context. That's uh, ah, that's a drip. That's a blip. So, because if I thought about a, a, it too a blip much, drip. I'd be very, very, uh, very depressed on a very consistent basis if I thought about it too much. So that's just a blip, mate. So everything's going well though. Yeah. Happy life. It's all going yeah. well. Happy wife, happy life. That's what they usually say. So, look, we. Uh, well, I once I once got told um, in no uncertain, not in no uncertain terms, but pretty emphatically. When you're married, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Can't have both. I said, well, I said, I'm not going to be happy either way, so I might as well be right. <laughs> there you go. See, like I said, life doesn't give you with both <clears throat> hands. Takes with one and gives with the other. So you know what you've got now. But, yeah, no, watch, yeah, the, do. watch the Matildas win last night, which was good. Um, How good was that against that the uh, Canadians, the, the – uh, they Olympic won the World Cup for the women last time, I think, didn't they? Defending champs. No, they won, they won the Olympics. Now, the okay. last four, I think, has been the USA. 
Last four World Cups. Stinking USA. Yeah. Yeah, we can tell Megan Rapinoe where to go. Chirpy yeah. little bitch. Bloody oath. And then... Uh, if ever there's an unlikable head in in world sport, Megan Rapinoe is right up there, I reckon. Oh, there's a there's a few unlikable heads in world sport. I can't can't say I'm a big fan of Cristiano Ronaldo's head. Gives me a shit. Um, but, but yeah, again, we yeah, we digress. We as do we digress. We do a lot of. Mate, we do a lot of digressing. Hey, um, thirty-two eighteen, Tigers went down to the Rabbitohs. Yep. Which, fun fact, is actually named after those that hunted rabbits, not the rabbits themselves. So if you ever hear anybody call them the rabbits or the bunnies, that's actually incorrect. It's the bunny hunters. Anyway, there I digress yet again. Uh, there you go. So in Tamworth, a place where several people probably go out shooting rabbits and hares. That's um paradox. Not, but we didn't actually do that on the weekend. Hey, mate, what's your takeaways from the game? Uh, look, we were always winning up against it. Um, coming in with uh, a team like South, which pretty certain was at full strength. Um, I don't think there was any big outs. Uh, and then you've got, yeah, Latrell back, which, you know, he didn't listen to us the first time when we played them not to play. I didn't think he was going to listen to us the second time, but I don't think we asked him last week. So uh, very disappointed in you, Latrell. I feel like you should have come back next week. I think you guys were always yeah. going to make a run for the finals, so I didn't think you needed to come back for that one. But um, look, I was proud of the performance. I was proud. I think that there was a lot of things to like about that performance. Um, I think again, we, I think we took them all the way to the wire again. Same thing we did when we first played them. I think maybe 60, 70 minutes of that, we were definitely in that game. Um I'm actually struggling to remember exactly what happened in that second half. Remember, we started the second half on fire. Um, mm. I think there was a couple of very poor missed opportunities, um, especially down that left side. Uh, if I remember correctly, Tupo had that amazing break, three on one on the inside, decided to try to take it on the outside. Uh, it was frustrating to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was. It's it's still like it was really good to see Staines back. I think we were both pretty adamant that he was going to add something, and I think he did. I think his returns were strong, his placement was strong, his support was strong, uh, his defense was strong. Uh, if you if you recall, I think they scored four tries down our left side because uh, Nofaluma doesn't know how to defend. Hasn't for the better part of ten years. Um, you think that you know professional footballer would learn after a while, wouldn't you? But I guess not. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. We're now we're still only two points adrift from the Dragons because they lost as well. But now I think we're eight point. We'll be eight points adrift if we lose this week uh, from the Bulldogs because I think they have the buy this week. So the only person we can, the only team we can essentially take over is the Dragons. Um, yeah, four points. We're, we're four points back from the Dragons, and they've got two wins on us. So not only would, would we need to drag two uh, jag, sorry, two wins, but we'd also need them to lose all their remaining games and make up the points differential as well. So um, yeah, not yeah, looking. It, it's looking, not looking likely. Yeah, looking pretty ominous, but um, that. That will be whatever it will be. I mean, the bottom line is 16th, 7th, 8th, 
who cares at this point? We focus on other things, I guess. Um, very much embedded to the bottom of the table, whether it's dead last or second last. Mm. I mean, are we really going to be jumping for joy if we happen to sneak past them on points differential? I don't think so. Um, it would be good to avoid the spoon, obviously, but um, it is what it is. So we, we, to quote the great Aaron Woods, but um, yeah, I think we make the most of the situations that we currently find ourselves in and we look for the future in that regard or at least focus on the positives because we, yeah. we're at the bottom regardless, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's, there's a couple of things to take from this season. Um, if you if we think about if we if we try hard to think about the positives of this season, um, we've got a fair few things that we can be thankful for. I think we both agree that our future does look quite bright. Um, if things go our way, if you know the team, the the youngsters that are coming through develop the way that we hope they do, um, you know, obviously with the the, the Fine brothers. Happy signing on until 2026. Um, Pole going from strength to strength. Had a couple of ups and downs, but um, I think he was back to his best last week, uh, especially with that try. Um, I think Bloor has solidified himself as a must pick um, when he's not off for an illegal tackle. Um, I think the... You can, keep, you can keep running through them. You know, you've got Bulla, you've got TDS on the sidelines, you've got the likes yeah, of Aliti yeah, yeah. and Fatagutu and Laoliti and all these guys that are, are knocking down the door. So, yeah, there's definitely you know, there's definitely some stuff to look forward to, no doubt, right? Yeah, exactly. But I think, I think we um, we might, you know, we might look at that a little bit later in the show. We might even, maybe even towards the back end, of the very back end of the season, we look a little bit into the off-season and, and ahead in our crystal ball for 2024. But, um yeah, season's not over yet. Still got a month or so to go, so we'll um, try and stay in the now as best we can. We, we've certainly got Very a crack. Hard still, Very still hard to. Got a, it, it is, mate, but, you know, we've still got a few games that we can definitely uh, give it a fair shake. You know, the last time we played Canberra, we played for 10 minutes and we lost by a point in controversial circumstances. Um, you know, we've still got the Roosters are going like busted. The Dolphins are falling off a cliff. So we've got all a few games where, you know, there's still some um, some interesting points to come. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned in our little chat over the week, a lot of teams are jagging one. Um, so, you know, hopefully our mm. time comes soon. Yeah, and every single year that we've struggled, particularly in the last couple of years where we've really struggled, we've still had that capability to jag jag the odd win here and there. And I guess you might argue that the Penrith game in the, earlier in the year was exactly that. Um, but... It, this has been the first year in, in a lot of ways. I think that the as as Sheenzy said in the press conference, whatever can go wrong has gone wrong, and and that's just led to the footballing gods absolutely belting us with ninety nine lashes this year. Because you know the amount of times that you know a bounce, a penalty, uh, a forward pass call, a, a ball sticking could have led to you know, as much as three or four extra wins. And I, I won't give it, it, the exact games right now, but I'm sure if I go back and sat down and looked at them again, um, we could pull up easy three or four games where that's a situation. Look, that doesn't get us anything outstanding, but, you know, that's just where we're at this year. And, you know, Bulldogs are jagging wins. You know, they jag one over the weekend over the Dolphins. And I was spewing because I lost that tip. Um, and I actually changed the last minute to the Dolphins. And then the Dogs won from a Jermaine Osako shocking conversion miss. So, uh, But anyway. Yeah. Uh, mate, my thoughts on that game. Uh, look, that as you said, that was a full-strength south side. I don't buy into their 
Um, their lack of form over the last few months, I think Luttrell is everything to that team. You've got everyone else in there, obviously, that are playing a major role, but that has been over the origin period. They've been missing Paloma Matangi. Um, they should be missing him a little bit longer as well, considering he did two shoulder charges and whether he can get a single penalty out of it. They've been missing, obviously, Mitchell for the best part of three months. Katie Walker was out for um, a game or so. They've been missing uh, the likes of Cookie and uh, Cameron Murray and all these guys over that period too. Uh, and the other little injury in Nick also some players were rested. So full strength they were on the weekend, albeit maybe Luttrell slightly short of a gallop. But there was also word that, you know, he'd been right to go for a couple of weeks. And so they decided to bring him back against the soft target. And he did what Luttrell does. He chimes in for two or three moments a game and, and makes two or three things happen. And that's the difference with our sides. He did the same thing earlier in the year. We spoke about that last year. So that considered, uh, and the fact that they scored an intercept try in the first couple of minutes, is, you know, other than the fact it's that bad luck rubbish again, you know, um, <clears throat> is uh, I got lucky with my prediction last week. I said five tries to three, and you ignore it, that intercept try, it's five tries to three, and it's there or thereabouts. So I think that being considered, you know, the score would have been 26-18. I think that reflected the game if um, if they didn't let that last try in with uh, Murray. So, yeah, it's just it's the same stuff. Um, and I think we're at the point of the season now where the team's getting a little bit tired mentally and physically. I think physically they're still up for the battle, but I think mentally <sighs> losing seasons take their toll on even the most professional of the players, and there's still people out there putting in, but across the board, and I know they're professional athletes, um, you know, things start slipping, and, and of all things, you know, uh, the discipline over the weekend was was average, or at least that's the way the referee interpreted interpreted it. Some of the choices they made, like you said, you know, like the Stafford toe kick, um, the Tupo go go yourself, you know, just just things that you hope you can put down to youth and inexperience, and you hope that these kids will learn. And I say kids because they are, you know, toe is twenty two or twenty one. Um, you know, Junior Tupo just, just turned twenty one the other day. Yeah, uh, twenty one. So. Um, yeah, you would hope that would be the case. You know, no one is a complete player at that age. Reese Walsh is 21 and he makes a thousand mistakes. Lucky enough to be gifted enough to make up for it. But um, And he may well be the exception to the rule. But yeah, so I think that being considered, I think a lot of people had us in for a bit of a flogging. We were anything but. When we were coming back hard at them at 20 points to 18 in that second half, that was our game. You know, and that, we've done that a lot this year. And so I don't think this team gets credited enough for mental toughness in their capacity to come back at opposition. The problem is they just, again, it's the same old story. I reckon it would be close to 10 games this year that we've given up early starts in the first half and had to come back at teams and have come back at teams. But God, when it's 20 to six at half time or, you know, whatever all these deficits have been, you just, excuse me, you've got, you've got no hope at that point. Um, you know, obviously you can jag the odd big comeback win, but if you're if you're starting a deficit with 40 minutes down against a team that a lot of people slated for top four, even though they they you know they did start last weekend in ninth position, you know it's you got Buckley. So a lot to talk about from the game. It's uh it's been a long season for us, you know. I know the fans are feeling it. I'm sure the players are feeling it to a degree, and um you know we're the same to to the listeners out there. You know we feel the same thing. You know it, it's not like we this doing this podcast is a chore or anything, but you know, at the end of these seasons or towards the end of these seasons, I should say it. Um, <laughs> let's just say we're not bubbling with the same youthful effervescent exuberance that we are 
pre-season the first couple of rounds anyway, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, we were just talking about that. It's uh, sometimes, um, yeah, just you're not exactly up for it in terms of, I guess you, you have a look back at our pod that we did after the Cowboys win. And, you know, we were chopping, we were chopping at the bit. We were happy, chuckling, you know, couldn't believe it. Sitting there, I think if I'm quoting you, you were like, name one team that's, you know, put 66 on a team and got the wooden spoon. Well, now we can. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, and that like every Tigers fan would be the exact same boat. You know, we just have the opportunity to vent our frustration on a platform. So, Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we do hope that when we turn the uh, turn the mics on each week, that we are sort of, I guess, singing um, singing the songs that you guys are feeling, and um, and that as as we keep using that word catharsis, you know, sometimes hearing other people verbalise um, the very stuff that you're thinking, particularly when it comes to a football team that we are all hopelessly passionate about, then it can help a little bit, and uh, even just provide even alternate perspectives at the same time too. So anyway, that's about the fourth digression for the day. But, mate, was there any performances you liked in that team? I know you mentioned a couple of names. Anybody stand out um, that uh, I guess is worth a mention? Um, I thought Brooks came back strong. I thought he had a couple of very good touches. Uh, Like I mentioned before, Staines I think was quite strong again. When he came back, I think he's your first pick. Uh, one of your first picks every week, just with what he gives and value. But it's very hard to go past our captain. It's very hard to go past Appy. I think Appy leads from the front, and he's just he, his dedication and his commitment is just unmatched. Um, and I'm hoping that that sort of starts to, you know, these young guys that are like you said, they're mentally and they're. They're just probably mentally drained. You know, physically, yeah, they'd be drained as well, but the mental aspect would be a little bit, you know, take a, more of a toll. Uh, hopefully, you know, that passion and that drive that he shows for winning will eventually start to bleed into them and, you know, they have the same sort of mentality. Um, but, yeah, I think Appy is such a big in for us. I think um, for me, it's, it's the exact same for Souths. If they're out out with Latrell, I think that there's he's our Latrell in the fact that we are just such a better football team, regardless of the result, when he's in our side. So we just need to yeah. keep building players around him. It does it does feel at times that he's sort of putting the whole team on his back, and that's something you can't do forever. So as much as we've been singing the praises of the likes of Clemmer and Bateman in the first half of the season were more experienced campaigners. Uh, I would actually like to see a few of those those couple of blokes in particular just step up a little bit towards his back end and then even at the start of next year because they need to be on his level. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe that they need to. I think they're doing a great job. Um, I've been happy with Bateman's season. Um, I've been extremely happy with Clemmer's output, although he's quietened off a little bit in the last month or so, but particularly his leadership qualities, but yeah, I think they need to go. I think they need to find another year. And if nothing else, simply for the, the betterment of the club and the betterment of the, the players around them to show them, um, you know, what what we can do as senior players 
in terms of uh, your application to the games and uh, your one percenters and, um, you know, being able to inspire those around you because, yeah, like I said, Appy can't do it all on his own and that's a surefire way to make somebody reasonably bitter and um, and burnt out. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we've got him for another another three years. Three. Um, three years, just doing it in my head. We've got him for another three years, which gives, obviously, TDS a little bit more time to develop, a little bit more time to grow into his body and really become that understudy for Appy. But at the same time, if these other senior players, like you, you didn't put Ice in there either, but Ice is definitely one of those senior players who... I was thinking about it. Yeah, who hasn't really taken that leadership role seriously, and I think he should. Um, you know, he's a representative. He's uh, played in the grand final. He's won second row of the year twice. Um, he really needs to show his leadership skills um, because if those, probably those three in particular, if they don't assist Abby in terms of that, like you said, it, it, it'll burn him out and it'll make him bitter, it'll make him angry, and we, he won't see out the three years. He'll probably leave. So that's yeah. I mean, if any, if anything, that that re-signing is a show of faith from him that he's committed to the long haul, and and that's exactly the sort of injection in the arm that the club needed. And um, we did yeah, we didn't touch on that last week, I think, but completely blindsided. But, not happening. No, we we talked about it. We thought maybe you know towards the end of next year we'll talk about taking up his option, but to do that so early, I just I just love the commitment to it, and it just shows that he's the one. What a captain choice. You know, yeah. he has just grown He has grown into that role incredibly. And you think back less than 12 months ago, um, the drunken jokes he was making at the Panthers and, you know, you know, the way that that looked, the optics of that from our fan base wasn't great. But, you know, if, if you want a, an example of how a player can win over a fan base and, and oh, yeah. lead a club forward, he, he is sitting in the dictionary, a picture of Uppy. When, when we see when we describe that you know that clubman that, that leader to try to actually get some genuine change is what we wanted Tamo to be is what I think we were hoping maybe even go back to Embi what we're hoping he was going to be when he was made captain we finally got one that's going to do it so we need supporting players around him and I think personally the likes of Bateman will go with him I just think he had such an unsettled start to the year and he's still living out of a small little apartment temporary apartment and He's been back and forth between England a little bit, and he's got a you know a really young family that you know. So, I'd like to think that over the over the off season they get a bit more settled, they find themselves maybe another place or something, and they can they can have a proper off season together. Um, I do think that some of those senior players players will step up onto the dais alongside Appy and go right here. Let's see what we can do. Let's show these blokes the way. Um, I think Clem has done it in his own way, and I've been really impressed by him. But I think he and Bateman and RP together. Uh, yeah, from a team sense. Anyway, we're, we're just going around in circles, but yeah, very pleasing. Obviously, he was he did quite well. Um, the a couple of incidences from the game, a couple, obviously, you know, there's a couple of shoulder charges from Kaloa Matangi, so he incurred um, a couple of small charges. And my understanding is that unless he challenges them, he's going to get away with a couple of fines, I think. Excuse me from memory. So, I mean, I, I can live with that. 
what I can't live with is Davey Moali's lack of a sin bin. I found that one of the worst decisions I've seen in a long, long time. If you go back to Dale Finucan when he raced out and put a, a big hit on that was not a shoulder charge and had a head clash, he got four weeks, I think it was, four or five weeks for that because it was deemed to be uh, careless. He didn't take care for the player that he raced out of the line to hit. And as a result of not being careful, his head collided with the other bloke's head and put the other bloke at risk. So you have the onus if you want to put a hit on to make sure that you don't hurt the other player. It's essentially what it is. And it, it's a weird rule because we've never really had to interpret it classically in rugby league. But in the last few years, most definitely it's, it's come to the fore. And that was an example of not only, I think it was in some ways it was worse because it was a blatant illegal tackle in a shoulder charge. And as a result of the illegal tackle and the careless nature of that shoulder charge, his head hit Bloor's head. So he put Bloor at risk and then he stayed on the field. We then lose Bloor to his second concussion. We miss him for the rest of the game, who has probably been our best forward in the last few games. Yeah. So um, yeah, what would you take on that? I think of that, the thing that got under my skin, because I, I messaged, we were talking about it after the game. You know, I saw it as a head clash. That's what I saw it as. And then when you explained a little bit further, it was like, okay, well, yeah, that your point makes sense as well. The thing that got under my skin was how chirpy that bloke was after it. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing that got under my skin. And then I think, like, the thing that pleased me the most was I think the next set, our forwards directed a massive run at him, put him yeah. under pressure, really yeah. put it in his face. And he missed that tackle that left Pole in. Yeah, so, Pole danced past him to score. So that that was a little bit of um, just you know, vindication, but he should have been he should have been off. Yeah, and yeah. at that and at that point, that's our third try, right? And they're down to twelve men. We score off a subsequent set from Pole, and so it was eighteen twenty at that point, and they could have still had eight minutes, seven minutes with twelve minutes. Any anything could happen at that point in the game. Anything. So, again, we've spoken about this ad nauseum where these little calls that people say, what are you talking about? You lost six tries to three. You think, like, the difference between a little sin bin on it, well, you might have scored a try. Congratulations. You get one back. It's like, no. These games are, you know, up until a certain point, decisions then, hey? They're built on momentum. They are, mate. And these decisions, they, they open up a new universe and then the game goes in that direction. But if a decision goes a different way, you don't know what happens in the game from that moment onward, particularly something like that. My understanding was a shoulder charge, is an, it's like a punch. It's an immediate 10 in the bin. So not only is the shoulder charge itself 10 in the bin, but then the fact that there was also a head clash, so he, he didn't show a duty of care to the player, which makes it worse. I, it's not a send-off at all, but it's definitely a sin bin. I couldn't believe it, man. I was... I was really, really ropeable, and it was such a key part of that game. It's just another example. Like, and that's the thing. Like, you say, like, like I said, I didn't see it from that point of view at the time. I, um, I definitely thought it was just a head clash. I knew it was a shoulder charge, but I definitely thought it was just a head clash. Um, that just was unfortunate. But then obviously when you sort of analyse it a little bit deeper, you kind of, it, it fires you up a little bit more. But I, I've i lost count at how many times this has happened this year. I've lost count 
Like how many times these calls where, you know, it's there's examples throughout the year and they've been consistent throughout the year. And then for some reason when it comes to us, it's out the window. The rule book's gone. And I just, like we had that game uh, a few weeks ago now. I can't remember who we played, but we know that Dickhead Badger was the ref. Um, And it was as if he was trying his hardest to give the other team the win. I think it might have been when we played the Sharks. Um, Gavin Badger? Yeah, Dickhead Badger. Badger isn't reffing anymore. You thinking of someone else? Casey is. Oh, Casey's in the was in. He, he used to hate us, and then he actually joined us for a while, though, didn't he? <laughs> he was our consultant. <laughs> I, I don't mind Hatch these days, but Dickhead Sutton. Yeah. Oh, Sutton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Badger. Yeah, you Jared Sutton. Like yeah. You. I do like you now that you've wore a tiger shirt. Um. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I haven't heard anything. But if you usually on the Mondays, Graham Ainsley will come out and he will admit wrongs and faults from the refs. Like, he's obviously come out and done that with Casey Badger for that, uh, I think it was a storm try. No, the, uh, last week, the Dragons one? Yeah, the Dragons the one. Dragons no try? No try. Casey Badger is one of the worst officials I have ever seen. And she's it's so bad. unfortunate because she is the first female to really bust through that ceiling. She is terrible. And it sucks. There was well, I can't I can't remember the one earlier in the year, but we were tearing our head. You because you don't have any it left. When they didn't give Joffa that try, when she didn't give Joffa that try. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's right, that's right. Jeez, yeah. uh, I just I just don't know. I don't know what their training looks like. I don't know what their processes are. It's just yeah. Anyway, we we tend to beat up on the refs a little bit every week to some degree. And, and we do it because we're a struggling side and we've got confirmation bias, but yeah, anyway, it's, um, yeah, it, but it's, yeah, it's tricky. There's and, a little and, bit more to that. There's a little bit more to that. We've got like consistent evidence that something's not right there. So yeah, we do struggling sides do. And, and, and the, like the media at large have spoken about that, that, um, that unconscious bias stuff. And we've unpacked it before. Won't go there tonight. No. If I if I so much as hear you mutter the words conspiracy theory, <laughs> you can you have to do that. You have to do the pod in your underpants next week. So no don't one tune into the YouTube one next week, folks. No, no Spotify next week. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, but um, no. Look, those decisions annoyed me a little bit. I agree with you. I think you know going back to the the game and and what I liked, I liked I liked their movement of the ball. I think we looked dangerous at times, which is really exciting. We just execution, man. It's the same thing all all year. There's just there is not enough of the right options at the right time to make the most of their points. And you look at the best drilled sides; they take every chance or near on every chance. If we were a side with their current squad playing as we currently have, who takes eighty to ninety percent of their chances, who knows where we'd be? We'd be yeah. a shitload higher on the ladder. I guarantee you that. I think. From memory, if I just have a quick look at these um, these team stats here, I think from memory. So I just want to go straight down to tackle breaks and line breaks. Souths made eight line breaks. We made seven. We made 38 tackle breaks. They made 33. You know, so one of the best attacking sides in the comp, Souths, um, and it's particularly when they're on. 
And seven line breaks we made. And a lot of them were clear as day. They were full line breaks. You know, so just the inability, and it's the same old tune that we've been singing all year, the inability to execute on chances, which is a reflection of other factors, halves, experience, that sort of stuff, quality in the back line. That is the thing that is the difference right now. And we can point to other other issues and we can talk about why we're not executing. Is it coaching? Uh, is it too many voices at coaching? I don't buy into that stuff. Is it the quality of the players? I certainly buy into that stuff. Is it the quality of the halves? Certainly agree with that. You know, is it the inexperience of many of the back line? Yes. Is it the quality of many of the back line? Yes. You know, but at a certain point, you would like to think that, let's say we take 50% of our chances. I reckon we're well and truly below that this year. And I reckon that that is the very thing that has been so costly. And one of the very things why this team is so frustrating because they have shown that they can be dangerous on occasions. And I I hearken back again, like I did a month or so ago on the pod, to instances in games where we do catch fire and take our chances. The Bulldogs game, bang, bang, bang. The Canberra game, bang, bang, bang. These quick tries in, in quick succession. The Cowboys game, where we just caught fire and took our chances. 66 points, if you please. You know, I think that's why it's difficult too, because execution is not simply a matter of going, change this one thing, do this one drill, put a little bit more of the sticky spray on your hands. You know, it's one of those things, I guess, that is really hard to pin down. It's not like these guys as professional athletes aren't training the house down or aren't, you know, practicing all these things over and over and over and over. But Sooner or later, whatever the, the magic dust is to try to get them to take their chances and execute, execute, execute. Um, the, the second this side and this club learns how to do that better, things will change literally overnight, even outside of squad changes. I genuinely believe it. Yeah, and that's fair. And that's, you know, we've talked a lot about, well, especially you, this is something definitely that you are focused on this year is how often we don't take our chances and how many times we've dropped the ball over the line or we ha- mm. uh, haven't passed when we've had a three-on-one overlap. Just things like that. Oh. Mate, draw and pass. <laughs> draw and pass the fullback. Like we saw the Tupo one, as you mentioned earlier, but there's you know there's countless examples oh, of situations exactly. like that. What was the thing I was talking about earlier in the year? There was like the first five or six games consecutively we had a player drop the ball over the line in every single game. Yeah. Something outrageous like that, you know, uh, the tries we've left on the table this year are unlike anything I've ever seen. That's why we're not only that's a giant reason why we're three wins. Because you miss, you miss a try or two per game. And I think I might mention something like this similar a week or two back. You miss a try or two per game. That's going to cost you not a win. It's going to cost you several wins a season. We're still trying to get on the up, but I tell you what, seven, six, seven, eight wins looks a hell of a lot better than three. Yeah, exactly. If we had eight wins this season, that's double, more than double what we had last season. And it's above been- Dragons. It's above Canterbury. It's equal with the Dolphins. It's equal with the Titans. You know, and we're we're in that pack of, you know, not near the bottom anyway. Anyway, it's um, like tits on a ball. Doesn't, you know, it's useless. So. 
doesn't matter at this point. Uh, what we can say is the tide was competitive. We can be happy about that. The effort was definitely there. We love the way they came back at Souths, most definitely. Uh, I'm with you. I like what Stain's brought. So, yeah, look, when Sheen sits in the presser and talks about green shoots and mentions certain names, yeah, look, there is some good stuff there. Uh, but obviously, obviously, there's a lot of work still still to happen. So, yeah. Well, I think we've Mate, I'm gonna, on that on that shit long enough. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go left field briefly, yeah, and I'm gonna put a bit of a positive spin on the pod and say that the <laughs> NRLW West Tigers girls are on top of the table, mate. If yeah. you please. It's a uh, strong least... showing last week against Parramatta. I gave them a bit of a touch up in the second half. And then this week against one of the competition heavyweights, the Sharks, who beat us 22 nil in the trial, beat them 10 zip, a scoreless second half. Now, mate, were you able to watch the game or did you just catch the highlights? No, I just caught the highlights. So, okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Chikai Whitfield, so young winger, ran for a NRLW record of 270, 280-odd metres for the game or something. Just a weapon. The girls are just going out there and they're just, they're just choking the opposition. Jeez, it's good to see. It's good to see them happy too. So, um, yeah, really good stuff. The girls have made a, a beautiful start and, and Noddy's happy, <laughs> which is good because uh, I think we sucked three quarters of his soul out of his out of him last year. Yep. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a fair fair assessment. Threw him under the bus yeah, and then just so. kept reversing back over him. But yeah, most definitely. Yeah, but uh, to the listeners, if you haven't if you haven't gotten around the girls competition and, and the girls side this year with the the West Tigers coming into it off the back of winning Harvey Norman Women's New South Wales Premiership last year, highly recommend it. The um the level of the footy has just gone to another level in the, in the girls department, and um, having a, a Tigers side in there now needs we actually get a bit invested. So it's good stuff to see. Loving what the girls are doing, loving the attitude they're bringing, the smiles on their faces, and as far as I know, they're they're killing it in the community department too. So um, yeah, just great ambassadors for the game. Well, I was always excited when we signed Kezi Apps, so I always knew that was a, a big mm. thing. So I knew. Yeah. I, I knew I'd be a little bit more invested, obviously, than not having the team in there. But um, it's just nice to see a black, orange, and, and white jersey do well. Um, maybe the the boys can start looking at how the girls do things, and yeah, maybe up there, antsy a little bit. I mean, those girls are just all heart at the moment, so it's great. It is. Yeah, that's and that's an accurate assessment. That's what they look like when you watch their games. They it, it all just comes from within. They're playing within themselves. So very very pleasing to see girls keep it up. Yes. Um. So Mate, off, uh, oh, you go. I was just going to say, just coming off an article. Literally, I just read them popped up. Um, you shared some news with us in our chat yesterday. Something about Jaden Sullivan signing a three year deal. I uh, just read. Yes. Them so out. no. No. I just read Sorry, that, say that again. He's about to tour the Knights facility. Again. So, apparently. Um, okay. But, when uh, when was that article dated, my friend? Because he toured their facility three or so days ago. And they've just signed Jack Cogger. So okay. I don't think they're in for Sullivan. Well, it does just say, so it's just then. It says, literally, it was 
published four minutes ago, the Knights want a face-to-face meeting. So he's not touring with a 21-year-old with an appeal to sign the young gun for 2024. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. Well, so what I, yeah, so what I had heard is that, yeah, the Knights had entertained him, but uh, he was always interested in staying in Sydney and, and was more keen on our pitch. And yeah. I have heard that it is a three-year deal and has been signed. Not the strongest of mail, but uh, relatively so, as far as rumours go, I guess. So uh, yeah. three is what they're looking at. I have also heard very recently as well that whilst still a pretty likely chance, there's a bit of a hold-up with Caesar because there is a possibility that a far better option may have become available were the words that I read. Uh, I don't have any more information on that, unfortunately. So I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what a far better option would be or where they might come from. So hopefully we might see something unfold there. But, mate, if we just go with the Occam's razor for the moment heading into next year, the most likely scenario, uh, Aiden Caesar, uh, Sullivan, Fayuna on the books. We've got Galvin in the 30 next year. Galvin is not ready. Um, what do you think of uh, that setup? How would you run those three? Would you run them all in the side? How would you How would you look at it and what, what are you thinking? shape up wise i know we talked briefly about it last week but we'll just yeah do another I, think, retouch. I think we did talk a little bit about it and i think i um gave my two cents but i'm happy to recap um like i said i'd have um if you know like i said if everything falls the way that we hope they do caesar sullivan as the halves with sullivan shifting to the the, the halfback position uh when caesar retires and then um fino coming in um, I don't think Finu needs. I think Finu still needs another full season of New South Wales Cup under his belt. I think that same thing with TDS. I think TDS needs a full season of New South Wales Cup, um, just to get him used to playing with the boys. I think he's done an admirable job when he's come on. Uh, I think there is still a lot of things he can improve on. I think defence is a big one. Um, he is still quite slight. But so is Appy. Appy's just technique is incredible. Um, but yeah, I think that's like I said. I'm I'm very hopeful that everything falls the way that we want it to, um, and that's how I would play it. Yourself? Um, yeah, I agree. We've we've spoken a little bit about this in the past week or so, uh, with it being a likely, if not guaranteed, scenario that there's enough at the moment, and. You, but you don't know how things are going to pan out, but you've got to make plans with what you've got and and what is uh, possible. So based upon that fact, I think Caesar walks into the, the seven for a year or two if he's available. You've got Sullivan there as a project player who is still only 21 and he's a halfback but a, has a strong running game, so you probably play him at six. You start Fayuna in second grade and then you look to uh, mould Sullivan if he looks like he's possessing the capacities to do so into a seven for a longer-term stint then bring uh, Fayunu into the six. You've got Galvin there, who is uh, defeating all comers at a schoolboy level. He's 18 years of age. He'll be in the 30 next year. I highly doubt that he will physically be ready to play in RL next year. Very slight individual. I think he's he's a back row lock prospect as much as he plays a lot of 5'8", and he's been braining them. Quite tall, lanky fella. So um, different build to the others, most definitely. But to me, Fayunu, for an 18-year-old kid, looks pretty uh, physically ready to handle the rigors of that. He's been playing 
a decent amount of games, you know, half half a dozen to a dozen in our uh, New South Wales Cup games, sorry, which is against fully grown men and handling it just fine. So, yeah, there's some combinations there. I think that considering the market and what we were looking at staring down the barrel of, and you could even make a, a, an argument and a pretty strong one, I would say that the halves lineup this year, uh, injuries aside, of Brooks Dewey with Wakeham as a backup sort of pales in comparison in some ways to a, a Caesar Sullivan and Fayuna from some aspects. So mm. it's interesting to see how it might play out. And it might be that in a month it's all flipped on its head. We know we've got Fayuna. Sullivan might not happen uh, despite my mail. And uh, Caesar may not happen either despite the fact it looks likely. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, look, at least there are options that look like they will be available. And at least those options sound serviceable as we continue to try to grow and plan for the future in a key area of ours. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all we can really hope for at this point. I mean, you know, we've got to, we got to try to find some positives um, continuously. (laughs) Otherwise this is just an all doom and gloom podcast, but yeah, like, you know, thinking about that prospect is pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. Look, and, and just to, I don't know whether it backs up what I've heard, but um, there was a bit of talk on, I have heard from a source that someone at the Dragons said that Sullivan is done for the Tigers. He might be, I don't know if he, you know, Ricky, Dave Ricky, I mentioned apparently on 360 that uh, he's meeting with the Knights tomorrow. That doesn't make sense to me considering he met with the Knights um, a few days back, but whether that mail is true or not, Talk. Some of the dragon said that he's done to the Tigers, and then Braith tonight said he spoke to someone in recruitment at the Tigers and said the Sullivan's a done deal for them too. So uh, it sounds sounds like it's pretty emphatic. So it would be good to see, um, yeah, see some announcements soon because yeah, we do need to start having a bit of an idea about what's going what it's going to look like. Yeah. In some ways, our preseason, if that doesn't start, our preseason somewhat starts when September rolls around, which is just a month's time, and we're pretty used to that. Uh, yeah. early pre-season starts. So, yep. um, yeah, it would be interesting to see. But, yeah, look, we've got halves that look like they're coming. They're going to be available. They're going to bring certain strengths and weaknesses. And one could argue that, yeah, it's um, – I guess there is a lot of upside, if nothing else. We're not staring down the barrel of having Wakeham and Will Smith as our starting NRL halves oh. round one next year because that would make oh, me God. sick. Oh my god. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, yeah. like your god. Yeah, Will Smith just you know, like like and this is it. Like we're talking about a bloke who can't play elite rugby league. He would run rings around eighty percent of this population of rugby league players. But he is not an NRL player. He did alright at the Parramatta, if I remember correctly, as a utility. He did okay. But He's just gone off. He's just dropped off completely. That that last try was all his fault. Uh, that was I failed to mention that, but that that was one of the worst attempts at tackle one on one that I've seen from particularly an experienced player in a long, long time. He was barely beaten, and I would say that Cam Murray was a foot from Blake from Will Smith's left shoulder, and he literally stuck out his arm like he was trying to emulate one of those. You know at the airport how you got those three metal prongs that you walk through? Yeah, yeah. Or the train station, and they rotate with you? Yep. It literally looked like that. 
he just went like this. I just put his arm out. And oh see, man, it was it was disgust it was disgusting because I, I didn't see it live and on the replay I, I was like, How the hell did he slice through so quick? I saw Bateman on the inside and I thought, Oh no, don't tell me Bateman's had a shocking miss. It wasn't Bateman's man. It was Will Smith every day of the week. It was horrendous. The the thing that annoys me more too is you're forgiven if you've been on the field for seventy nine minutes. If you're happy and you've been on the field for seventy nine minutes, you are forgiven. If you are fresh yep. with 10 minutes to go, you are not forgiven. That is ridiculous. And you're a seasoned campaigner who's played, what's Will Smith played? He'd be playing 100 games, surely, or close to yeah. it. Yeah. 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 No, it was awful. And off the back of that and that alone, um, I don't want to ever see him play in that jersey again. And that, that wasn't his first in that regard either. His oh, defense was something I did not know was that bad. It is abhorrent, mate. It's nearly as bad as Nofaluma's defence. Yeah. It's far worse than Nofaluma's defence, let's be oh, honest. But... Imagine if Will Smith was in the centres with Nofa, that'd be great. That'd be a hell of a combination. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Don't wish for that. Mate, uh, this week is a game that traditionally the Tigers have gotten thumped by one of our bogey sides. Uh, Raiders sitting in fifth, crazily, um, but not travelling Super well, didn't have the best game against the Knights last weekend. Knights, wasn't it? Is that right? Yeah, so, yeah. Knights gave them a, a surprising touch-up, but uh, they are still a quality side, no doubt, right in the meat of that top eight, which, again, does surprise me a little bit. Uh, 4.05 p.m. on Sunday down at GIO Stadium in Canberra. If for some ridiculous reason you happen to live in Canberra, particularly in the middle of winter, uh, get the end of the game and throw your jersey on, we got all sorts of changes and bits and pieces and stuff going on with the side, so let's run through the Tigers' side now. Jerry and Buller is the fullback. Nofaluma somehow, I don't know what's going on there. He's still on the wing. Uh, Surely we have someone. He's better. almost. Surely hey, he's almost Will Smith level for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can't watch him play football anymore. That's no. Anyway, we know where we stand on him at the moment. It's, it's it makes me sick. Stafford Tower Junior two part of the centers. Charlie Staines is the five. Dane Laurie is six uh, after copping that knock on the knee that Sheen said in the presser was hopefully just an impact and, and uh, something light that he should be able to shake off this week. We'll see how we go. Dano's done all right in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Brooks is the halfback. We've got Alex Twole uh, coming in for Uto, Uto Ikemanu, who my understanding was that I thought it was a knee because he did come off with a knee, but he did return to the field. I think that it's actually uh, become a HIA. So I think he's had a stand down for a late HIA in that game. So that's the reason he's missing this game, unfortunately. We've got him in prop. So we've got Twally in prop with Clemmer. So a bit of experience there. Twall has been good again the last couple of weeks, really hitting that AB with Abby coming back. I think Abby has been huge for Twally's game. Abby yeah. is obviously the hooker and captain at nine. Uh, the background look changes, uh, sorry, stays the same, has rarely changed is what I meant to say. Uh, this year, which has been good for consistency. Papali'i in the 11, Bateman 12, Polay in lock, coming off a good game from Fanua. Jack Simpkin returns to the 14. Thank goodness for that. At least he can tackle. Touch wood. Justin Manamua comes in for his first game, which is really pleasing to see. Love seeing the, the young fellas, those that are talked up, get a good run in the 15. Atasi James, who I personally think was very lucky to get away with his high shot, even though the play was falling on the weekend, is the 16. And Asu Kapoa comes in as... 
whatever yeah. they've decided he's going to play this week. Is it five eight? Is it prop? Who knows? You never know. Our replacements, uh, replacements. Sorry, our reserves. Uh, Talon De Silva eighteen, Cifar nineteen, Will Smith twenty. Was he in the squad? Kit Lealei. Um, spectacular young man, spectacular young player. His younger brother, Luke, is still in the junior system. Kit was the captain of the premiership-winning SG Bull side, containing a lot of our young up-and-coming um, stars, the likes of Talon, the likes of Galvin, these sort of guys. He's the 21, which is exciting to see, and Josh Folletti. So another one of our up-and-comers played in the New South Wales under-19s game uh, a few weeks back. He's a centre. A lot of raps from him. He came from Manly originally. Struck up uh, coincidentally, a fantastic uh, partnership with Latu Fayuna in the SG yep. Ball side for Manly when they were quite strong. So, a lot of youth coming in now, mate, and it appears to, to be that we are really pushing to give these young guys uh, a bit of a taste, albeit on the reserve list. Yeah. Um, mate, uh, what stands out to you in that team list there? Is First question, is this, from my recollection, Madam Miller's first game of the year? I think it is, yeah. Yeah, He's been 19th man a couple of times, but he's in this week. Yeah, it's good to see him back. Um, Yeah, obviously Bloor is out and Steph is out. Yeah. Um, Both with concussion, I'm assuming. I think that there's something I also didn't mention when we talk about the Rabbitohs game was I actually thought Tupo did quite well in the centres. I thought he defended well. Yeah. Uh, So I think that uh, I'm comfortable with him being there again. You know, um, I think he adds a bit of dynamic and he's a bit, he's quite strong in the upper body. So I like that. Um, yeah, I just, we obviously just don't have enough options to drop an offer. It's <laughs> all I can think of. You know, I don't want Kapoa there again. I think Kapoa's on the same level in terms of defense out wide. I think, but that's probably not so much right. Kapoa's fault. I think it's, he's been chopped and changed so much. He's probably been asked to put on bulk because he's been jumping in the back row. So he probably doesn't have the speed or the uh, explosiveness uh, that he once did. I will say that Kapoa, yeah, I agree. Kapoa was dropped to New South Wales Cup, played on the wing for the Maggies on the weekend and had a fair fist of it, scored a pretty good try and was a bit of a handful. So, um, yeah, yeah okay. I agree. I think he's been a bit of a victim of being shuffled around all over the place. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like like I said, it's good to see Simkin back in. Uh, I think he's, like you said, at least he can tackle. Um, the way it looks like the most likely go is he'll go and come in at lock, um, and he'll have that thing. It looks like Appy's playing that eighty minutes, so which you know we all need. Um, yeah. So then you'll have you'll have obviously Polo going to the prop rotation because you've got Matamua there who will play as that lock middle. So yeah. Um, and I guess you would then say that Asu would be more of that utility value. I'd say so. Seems yeah. pretty light on bench in my in doesn't, my estimation. Doesn't look like, a, uh, look like a big bench, does it? It doesn't. No, but obviously we gain that extra prop by carrying a lock on the bench. Yeah, with Polly going into that. So look, I've said it before, Asatasi James, his legs are just tree trunks. He is a big boy. A a a a a Tarsi, mate. What did I, I say? That Tarsi. Asatasi. Did I say Asatasi, did I? Yeah. That's oh. all right. We were saying it for 12 months, but uh, we'll get it right, Mr. James. And then I think even a couple of weeks back, I think I told you that it's a T, but he actually, the correct, but apparently pronunciation is Akasi. 
with yeah, a K. Yeah, yeah, you did say but, that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll keep working on it. At Aj, yeah. sorry, and we'll we'll try and get it right yeah, for we'll you. Call him Aj, we'll just call him Aj. That'll be fine. Uh, the one thing Let's I do, do want to highlight, and that'll be that won't be confusing with Aj Kapoor at all, will it? Nah, because we don't call him Aj Kapoor. We just call him <laughs> um, the one thing I do want to highlight, you know, we've got uh, Kit Lowry in on the reserves. He's also been named on the bench for our New South Wales Cup side, and I think that's his first New South Wales Cup game. No, he's he's played a bit of cup. He's played a few games off the bench so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, but it is good to see him get listed in the in the squad at large. So he'll get that game day experience, which is nice for him. So, yeah, a lot of those SG ball boys from last year, uh, the likes of, even though Fatal Guti didn't play, that isn't the same ilk. You know, Galvin, TDS, Lealee, um, Felidi, Galvin. There's a few other names in there as well. A lot of those guys, Galvin, not so much just yet, but they're either if they're not playing flag a little bit um, underaged, and they're up there playing New South Wales Cup. So they are pushing some of those better players up into those uh, those higher higher tiers, which is good to see. Nice. So, mate, um, Sunday game, Sunday afternoon game, uh, which is a nice change. It seems as though we've been stuck on Thursdays and Fridays for a little bit, yeah, even though yeah. uh, we had a Saturday in there. But um, at least this way, the weekend isn't ruined until the end of the weekend. So <laughs> we hit the reset and, and then, and then the reset week- button pretty pretty soon after. Yeah, exactly. So, Mate, um, how do you see the game playing out? We're obviously rank outsiders. Always. I think we have the right to be rank outsiders as well. Um, look, I'm not even going to bother guessing a result. I think that whatever happens, happens. I'm, I'm done trying to guess wins, losses. I think I'm just going to go for my uh, bold predictions from now on. I think that, you know... If they win, fantastic. If they lose, it's expected. So um, I'm just going to go with a bold prediction from now on uh, with the caveat that I hope we win. So uh, my bold prediction is I reckon Tupo will get over for his first try in sentence. So that's my bold prediction. What about yourself? All right. Um, I'm going to say that we might see a few more minutes out of a Cassie James, uh, and we might see him if he hopefully gets a few extra minutes, given that Steph and Bloor, who both play traditionally middles and are strong presences in the middle, are out. I might see him run for 100 metres for the first time. That's good. I'd like to see him get 35, 40-odd minutes and, um, yeah, get his get his name up and over the 100-metre mark for the first time. It's not a major bold prediction, but it's obviously something that he hasn't um, looked like doing yet, so... Yeah, I'd like to see that. Maybe step up a little bit into um, that uh, first-choice prop from the bench. So you're following, you're following my lead and not even going to bother with the result? Uh, no, I'm not going to cop out. I'm going to give a result because uh, uh-huh. best practice over here, my friend. <laughs> the, result is going to, <laughs> the result is going to be a close loss the Raiders, uh, I'm going to say they won't have any trouble scoring points. It's going to be going to be 28-16, 28-18, something like that. So it'll be a very similar result to last week, I think, albeit I don't think they're going to jump out to the lead that Souths did. But I think they'll lead for most, if not all, the match and will be chasing our tail, but sort of hang in the game, which is which is what we've done a lot of this year. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, here's what it is. 
No. Mate, uh, any parting thoughts before we run through our PSAs? No, not really. Uh, I think that we're probably both sort of counting down to the end of the season, I think. Um, it'd be nice to have a couple more pods where we're talking about a win. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – look, if anything, it's just a, it's a good platform to have a bit of a chat and talk about what the, the Tigers mean to us, so – Two Tigers Tragics having a yarn. It was the same on episode one, and it's the same on episode 51. That's right. Righto, mate. Uh, everybody, you guys know the drill by now. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, put people, your friends, whether they're Tigers fans or not. Actually, don't don't give it to non-Tigers fans. They'll probably hate you for it. But uh, Spotify, go on there and follow Tiger Town Podcast. YouTube channel by the same name. We do stream this video. If you unfortunately want to look at our uh faces i was going to say handsome but uh i won't push the envelope there too much hop on youtube make sure you follow send us messages facebook page by the same name also uh dms and comments keep them coming we do love them it gives us a wonderful bit of feedback and we really enjoy that uh people are enjoying the show so thanks so much for that and your support guys it really means a lot to us generally does we we didn't expect a single listener and, and we're surprised every single week when we see uh the audience grow uh the rate that it does we're not setting any world records, but most certainly we've got a lovely little community that's uh, that's come along for the ride with us, and we will see success. And boy, how did we can't wait to share uh, sharing the success when it does come with this small audience of ours. Now, guys, if you haven't already, West Tigers Podcast, West Life Podcast, both of those two podcasts are separate. They don't like each other, but we love both of them, and those two podcasts do things better than us. Get on over to those two podcasts. Get out over to their platforms as well and tell you tell them, sorry, who sent you. Uh, the humble old blokes from Tiger Town Podcast. Mate, uh, that's about it for now. Thanks for yet another brilliant show. Nice hat, by the way. Yeah, you too. You too. I think this should be a thing. Yeah. We do like wearing hats. Yeah, sure. Very similar. Hats. hats and glasses. We're just, uh, we're twinning tonight. Except I've got a better beard. You do, mate. Yeah, I'm doing my best, but uh, you win in that regard, no, no doubt. Mate, round 23, we play the Raiders. As always, my friend, go the mighty West Tigers. Go the Tigers.